Hey, y'all, welcome. Thanks for uh, jumping in here to season two of Antioch uh, Tulsa's podcast on our relational values. I got my friend Schaefer Smith in studio. So thanks for being here, bud. It's good to be here. Yeah. Um, shoot, we, we met, what, August, September, um, and through a, a mutual connection, you roll up into our living room and one of our first gatherings and haven't left. Yeah. It's been it's been a wild ride all the time, but it's been something that we've been waiting for and we're so excited for. Dude, let's go. Well, briefly, if you could just kind of take me into, hey, what, where are you at in life and kind of what was your life circumstances leading up into the first time we met? And then maybe briefly, how's it been last fall, this spring? Hmm. Yeah, so right before we met, I went through a massive life massive career change. Uh, I had been with one job, one type of job for 10 years at that point. Oh, wow. And then it just suddenly shifted into a very technical job, very lonesome job. Uh, I spend most of my time at a desk now versus before I was seeing thousands of people a day. Uh, And I got less busy. uh, And so I got to spend a lot more time on myself. And I was recognizing that and seeking how I could improve that through faith, fitness, and life. And it was an exciting time. And through the Church of Antioch, who we had been hopeful for for so long, I really got to hone in on that and put language to a lot of things that I was feeling. I always describe myself as being very faithful, but not very studious. And which has a lot of negatives and a lot of positives, but I wanted to dive into the why behind why I believed that God was so powerful and put language to that so I could identify and hone in on that. Got it. So, so you've been around church your whole life? I've been around church since I was born. I was a preacher's kid. Okay. I was, went through the whole process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you'd been connected to an Antioch before Tulsa. Correct. Uh, me and Serena, my wife, we found Antioch Norman about two months into being married and it was the first church we went to, and we felt God calling us there, and it's just that peace there. It's like, this is what I have for you. Okay, so you were there for a few years, and then when did you get to Tulsa? So we moved back to Tulsa in 2021, Okay. and we moved back because we just felt a shift in our life. We've uh, Serena finished up school, and I finished up school, and our family was from here. We grew up here, and we just wanted to be back closer to where we grew up. Got it. So... So you moved here, you moved to Tulsa 2021, um, and then we met fall of 2022, right? Yep. And so what was that kind of 18-month window like for you and Serena? So that was a growing pain. Uh, we, the job that I took on was very time-intensive and was really a battle of progression. And so I spent a lot of time away from my household and my family, and it just was not in a healthy place. And so that prompted the career shift opportunity came up. God God just had his hand in all of it and he really guided it and set us up for exactly what we needed. But the biggest change of it is we did church shopping when we came here. We, We went through the process and I had the church that I was grew up that my parents planted 17, 18 years ago. And we went through the process and we didn't feel right with it. It We just didn't feel at peace with anything that we were experiencing. So we decided to stay with that plant. It's a very small church now, you know, 20 people. 
and just felt God saying, wait, like I've got big plans for you. And then about a year later is when we knew Antioch was coming to Tulsa and we were so excited and so ready for it. And we were all in from day one. Yeah, that that is, I can attest to that. Uh, I was shocked the first time I met y'all of just how much it felt like you knew about us that we were like, I've never met you. This is cool. I think I, I think I introduced myself with this sweet GF over text message. Uh, pretty much sums it up. Um, sums up a lot of our <laughs> conversations. Uh, so that 18 months of kind of in between, uh, you're excited for Antioch Tulsa. Would you say your life in God was thriving at that time? or? Oh, definitely not. Like, it tell was, me more about that. It was a... I was very distant from everybody in my life. Uh, not, I was, and that included God. I was very internalized in how I was processing everything. And I was trying to present to the world that I had it figured out and I didn't, but I could not show that because I was on a path that was risky. And if I showed that I was struggling or that it wasn't going the way that I wanted, it felt like everything that I put any validity into was just worthless. Got it. Yeah. I remember you sharing uh, a little bit about that in the fall as we were still building relationship and all that. So in, uh, I think it was in November when we invited you and Serena to be a part of this culture class this last spring, what was that like for you? And kind of like, not just that process, but jumping into the culture class and starting to dive into these relational values. Mm. So I think for us, me specifically, it was just excitement for, I had a hunger to learn and that was really stirring in me at that point and we really wanted to just get closer both to to each other, to our community, and to Jesus. But we didn't really have a clue on how to do that. Mm -hmm. And when culture class was introduced, we were all in because we didn't know what it was. We didn't know what it was going to entail. Didn't know who these, you know, we had met you guys and had established relationship, but you were still these, you know, strangers from Colorado that we didn't really know much about. But we knew that God had us at Antioch and to be a part of Antioch. And we've, like I said, we've been all in. And yeah. what you throw at us, we know that God has vision for you and we trust that vision. Yeah, it's uh, his vision has been enjoyable, uh, slow, tedious, but apparently he's pretty good at uh, being in charge. So that's good. Um, so what have been a couple... Um, maybe a couple of the values is, as we started running our, uh, this class on Sundays this spring, kind of take me into a couple of things that have maybe shifted um, some of your internal distance uh, from the Lord and from people. Mm. So I th- think the two that have stuck out to me are the very first one from day one was hopeful expectation. Uh, it kind of put what I was saying is it put language to how I felt in my everyday. And because I'm just a hopeful person, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an optimist. I'm just, I'm always looking everything. I, I always say, God's got this, like God's always got this. But for me, it really identified why I believe that and how I could do it better, I guess. Because instead of just trusting, oh, God's got this, like, how can I be a vessel and make space for God to be moving in the situation? So just instead of throwing my hands up and oh, I'll trust God on this, just saying, oh, God, how can I trust you 
And that was a big, that was a big shift for me, uh, because it required effort on my part. Yes. And before it was easy just to say, Hey, God's got this. Cause there was no effort involved, but shifting it to, Hey, God's got this, but I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I want to be a vessel that is creating hopeful expectation and living that out in every day with everybody that I encounter. And it's just challenging to be going through your interactions and thinking, Oh no, like there's tension there of, Oh no, this is, this is a place where this needs to be in practice. This is a place where I need to be looking to see how God's working in this scenario. And that is not my, that was not my mindset before. And it has drastically shifted and drastically created challenging circumstances where I don't want to be expectant that God's moving. I want to sit in pity or sit in victimhood, but I can't Yeah, because God has empowered me. God has empowered those around me to take over a situation and to lead it the way that Jesus would. Yeah. So hopeful expectation is just the discovering and we're expecting to both discover and offer the goodness of God. Yeah. Like he's always moving all the time. Yeah. And so I hear you saying like that shift was kind of from this more distant, kind of robotic, far off God that's playing chess and it's kind of boring to a more involved, like in every relationship this week, he's actively moving. Mm. And the shift of like uh, essentially connecting yourself to God on purpose, we're like, okay. I believe that God's moving, but now I'm responsible to be a part of it with him. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah. Are there any like specific instances or, or um, situations where that really got brought to the light this spring? Yeah. Um, oh, man. I have to say that my prayer life has fully experienced that. It really shifted from just praying because that's what grew me closer to God to seeking him and seeking him every single day in my prayer life. It went from, you know, hey, God, here are my sins. Here's how you can help me to, hey, God, this is what I need. How can I grow closer to you to satisfy that need? Um, And I've seen some drastic changes in my heart in that. And I've seen some big things be done in my life for other people or for me that I can only describe as a miracle. Yeah. I mean, your dog in particular. Yes, that is by far the biggest one. Uh, He's, I mean, we're over four months since his last epileptic episode. Yeah. And whereas before we couldn't go two months without one, and he's been doing that for three years. And it's just out of nowhere, just stops. And, Serena asked me, you know, we changed food, we got different meds, and what do you think happened? What do you, like, what do you, what changed? I said, I started praying for him to be healed versus him, just him being okay. Yes. So, like, the distant prayer is like, God, help, like, help bear your dog be okay. Yeah. And that shifted to this, no, 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 God is actively involved Mm -hmm. in every aspect of my life. And so kind of shifting into like, God, what are you wanting to do? And how can I participate with you? Yeah, my prayer turned it. You're absolutely right. It turned from, hey, when he has his seizures, I pray that he lives. You know, I pray that he 
doesn't hurt himself to every morning I went, sat on the couch, he came and put his head in my lap and I prayed that God cares about this and God will take this from him versus can you take it from mm-hmm. it was I believe, I believe that your power has the power to get rid of this. That's awesome. Are there any other like relationships where this kind of goodness has really come to the surface? Yeah, I'm I butt heads with my family a lot. Uh and we have difference of opinions. We all have come from the same background. It's not like it's, you know, drastic, you know, life, political, all this, everything, but just how we view stuff changes, mm. uh, especially as, you know, I grow into my adulthood. I'm still young comparatively to my siblings. Um, and so just trying to shift my mindset of how I handle and how I interact with my family from, oh, this family event's going to be awful or, you know, I really don't want to do this family event because I know this person's going to say this thing that's totally. going to put me in a situation where I can't handle that or I don't want to handle that. And into, hey, there's going to be, like, this interaction is going to be good. Like, it's going to be a time that I can, if if I put in the effort, we will grow and we will be better versus just thinking that everything is going to be bad. Yeah, it's that the activation of like, no, God is good yeah, and is moving. And so someone shows up and does something weird or has a weird tendency that doesn't negate God's goodness. Mm-hmm. And so shifting from reacting to somebody to partnering with God yeah. is significantly different. Yes. <laughs> One is hopeful and exciting, and one is like, I can't wait for this two hours to be over. Um, That's awesome, man. Has there been any other uh, kind of big rocks this spring that have really um, shifted how you're relating? Yeah, I think the being wholeheartedly authentic, that has been one that has like really challenged me. Um, I am not that by any means. Um, It's been something that I've really had to shift towards because I can't, I really struggle to relate with people. I struggle to bring my whole self because I either worry that if it's somebody that I, I believe they look up to me and I say a flaw, it invalidates my entire character. Hmm. And I worry about that. If it's a new group of people and I bring a flaw into it, well then they don't like that aspect of me and they see my whole character at that point. It's like, I want to bring a present and let them open all the good stuff first and down at the bottom. Once we've really established everything, then you can see kind of the junk drawer. Mm. But I struggle to get through all those layers to like actually be vulnerable with people. Um, especially with other men in my life. I don't have a lot of guy friends and that's my own fault. It's because I don't, I've really struggled to be real with guys, be real with other people. And I feel like I've done a better job of that with as I've grown with Antioch. And I feel like I have a good group of guy community around me. Um, but I just always struggled with that. And that, yeah. so bringing my being authentic with people is, is a really, really big struggle with for me. Yeah. Like that's still current. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like yeah. even walking into the studio and, <laughs> going through this it's a 
it's a it's a challenge for me. Yeah, it's a choice for yeah. sure. So how did you see that in the life of Jesus? Like how did you see authenticity play out in the life of Jesus that I guess started drawing out this internal conviction of being authentic? I think just how he how he speaks to people. It really I don't know what it is specifically. It's just a matter of his I don't want to say tone because it's not like I heard him talk, but like the the nature of the language that's used is always like I'm telling you exactly what I w- am thinking and not like a you know sought up yeah. thought through process of like a teaching. It's like even the Sermon on the Mount feels like he's just saying exactly what's on his heart. Yeah, and he says that to his. We see that in his disciples. We see those two, all that he interacts with. Uh, it doesn't feel orchestrated. Totally, it feels like he is saying exactly what the Father says to him, and he's relaying it to us. Mm. There's no disconnect there where he has to figure out. Okay, well, I'm going to say this here. I'm going to say this here. Uh, I. I think part of me has always thought, well, he's perfect. So like, what does he have to do? But he is being real with people like, and he's not afraid to, you know, upset the waters. He, if something that he says is challenging to someone, he says it with love. Yeah. And that's been a thing of like, okay, I can disagree with someone, but I'm not disagree. I'm disagreeing with their point. I'm not disagreeing with them. I'm showing them love. And through that, I can say exactly what I feel is what's right to say because I'm showing them love. I'm not coming at them from a, like, dangerous angle of, oh, well, that's wrong. You know, like, we, I, see, I see this, the political climate all the time. It's like everybody's got difference of opinions on everything. But I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with who you are as a person. I'm yeah. disagreeing with what you believe in, and that's okay. Totally. It's hard not to react to what you think people will perceive you as um, when you're authentic. Mm. And that's so... Like, if you pull out of a situation, it's silly in action. Mm. Like, that person isn't in charge of me. Yeah. I'm in charge of me. So why wouldn't I offer myself? And, you know, there's a lot of reasons not to, but... Yeah, I think even in, in Jesus, his authenticity with God and his authenticity with the disciples when trying to quantify what was he doing when he went off and prayed all night or when he was with, told his disciples, I'm going to go be with my father. Like, that's some level of need, independence there that he's expressing to his disciples. But then also I imagine what would have been like if Jesus had just responded to some guy like, no, I'm fine, and just like kept going. Yeah. It's like how often people are like, hey, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, I'm fine. It's, you know, I'm good. And it's so inauthentic. Yeah. And like to imagine Jesus doing that is like, well, I guess that would just cap relationship right there. Yeah. Moving on. And a big part of that is I care about what people think about me. Not like a, not from an external perspective, but from an internal perspective of like, if that's not correct, I need to correct that. Hmm. And... So if they, someone says something and I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's like, that's not what I think. That's not how I perceive my behavior. But what they're saying is what they perceive. Uh, I've, I don't take criticism well. I'm something that I have to work on very much so, but yeah. I, I want to s- turn around and so no, that's not what I meant by that. 
It's like, but that's how it was perceived. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, then I need to, like, it doesn't matter how I meant it. If you perceived it that way, I need to redirect to handle that. Yeah, there's all the values coming to that dynamic of not just yourself being authentic, but, you know, choosing to be together with someone and... Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, that that's that's yeah. A, that's a big I find one. that they intertwine all the time. It's not one. <laughs> it's not one or two. It's uh, all six that will just hit you like a freight train. Hundred percent. Cool. Well, if someone's listening to this for the first time and they're like, "Hey, how do I like begin trying to practice hopeful expectation or wholehearted authenticity?" What's something that people could start today um, to kind of help st- um, trigger this? Mm. I think you got to drop your expectation and start looking for God to work. You got to trust God Hmm. and in all scenarios, not just with yourself, but with those that you interact with, that God is going to work in those scenarios. For me, it's trusting that people are going to receive me for who I am Mm -hmm. and knowing that God cares about me so much that he wants me to be every version of myself that is true to myself, not what I want other yeah, people totally. see. So I hear you saying specifically if I'm trying to practice hopeful expectation, it's specifically, okay, do I believe that God is actively involved in this aspect of my life and then partnering with that? Yeah. As opposed to kind of this hypothetical, yeah, I know God's involved, but really it's up to me. Yeah. And so I gotta go figure it out. Yeah, just the opposite. It's you're just a vessel. God is moving in it. Your attempts are the hypothetical. Yeah. God's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. And questions if you're going to be a part of it or not. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, that's phenomenal. Um, thanks for jumping in and being authentic and vulnerable with us today. Um, anything else you want to say? No. Cool. Uh, well, thanks for jumping in to, to, to today's uh, recording, and uh, we'll see you at the next one. Bye.